Okay, you in Mark chapter 11. This morning we continue in our series in, um, in recalibrate. You know, it's a fancy word to mean uh, readjust. Calibrate means to adjust. Recalibrate means to readjust. God has designed each of us with a purpose, but sometimes we get out of calibration and we got to get back in adjustment. Amen. Remember, I used that illustration. That's a lot of the ladies didn't like uh, about my shotgun. And, and I, it was designed to hit targets. But somewhere along the way of using it, it got out of calibration. And all of a sudden I was missing the intended target. And uh, only through uh, the help of a friend did I get the revelation of it, recalibrate it, and praise God, it began to do what it was designed to do. Amen. And listen, we quit living God's purpose and we quit reaching God's goals when we get out of calibration. And, uh, and so we're talking about recalibrating our life. We can make some adjustments in our life that can really just make a huge difference in our life. Amen. And last week we talked about recalibrating our passion for God. You know, the Bible puts the responsibility on us that we can't afford to backslide. We can't afford to get lukewarm spiritually because whenever you get in that state, that's when the enemy can take an advantage of you. That's whenever you lose the ability to live in victory. Can I get a better amen? And so we have to, why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting? Well, one reason is we want the passion of God to stay on our hearts. Amen. And listen, the, the devil don't like a heart that is ignited with God. Amen. He knows that's, 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 uh, that's, that's bad news for him. Amen. And so we want our church to be ignited with fresh passion for God. Why? Because that's where the devil will lose his hold on people's lives and people will get set free from the powers of darkness. Amen. And so we talked about that last week. Today, I want to talk to you about recalibrating your thought life, recalibrating your thought life. Sometimes we get wrong mindsets. Sometimes, you know, through the course of life, we, we develop these wrong thinking patterns. And how many of you know that's detrimental to the health of your life whenever you, you get wrong thinking patterns? And it keeps us from receiving what God wants for us. The Bible says, remember as I prayed, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, about the mountains. You remember that? And, and you know, uh, as I was praying about that, and the Lord spoke to me, and I was saying, Lord, help me with these situations. There was two big mountains standing before me that I didn't know what to do, and I was feeling overwhelmed. And quite frankly, I was feeling a little uh, weakened by them. And the Lord said, why don't you speak to the mountains? And whenever he, whenever he did that, uh, whenever he spoke that to me, I realized that part of my problem was my thought life. I was thinking that this mountain was too big to be changed. And he, and he says in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22, have faith in God. In verse 23, he says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to that mountain, go through yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. What is doubt? It's a wrong thinking pattern. Sometimes we have wrong thinking patterns. We have wrong mindsets that cause us to doubt what God can do in our life. And that's where I was. And I realized that part of my problem was I needed to change my mindset if I wanted to see the mountain removed. Are y'all with me this morning? And then the next verse says, Therefore I tell you that whoever, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received them. What is believing? It's a mindset. It's a thinking pattern. And how many of you know, those that have the right thinking patterns when it comes to spiritual things will receive way more than those who have the wrong mindset. 
And you know, as I was thinking about this, I felt like the Lord said, you know what, Todd? The reality is everybody alive has in some area a wrong mindset. Because everybody sees through the glass dimly. But if God can help us with our wrong mindsets, we're going to get set free, amen, to do great things. You know, just like that, that shotgun, we lose our effectiveness if we get out of calibration, if we get the wrong mindset. And so we need to get recalibrated. Sometimes we just need to be recalibrated in our thought life and get back on the right page. Amen. And so today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about reasons why it's important for us to recalibrate our thought life. Number one, your thought life determines the quality of your life. And this is what Proverbs 23, 7 says. For as he thinks within, within himself, so is he. As he thinks within himself, so is he. Now, what is that verse saying? I believe it's saying, whatever you allow your heart and your mind to think about and dwell on, you are going to become. In other words, if, you, if, you're, if you're allowing yourself to think on negative things, your life is going to go that way. Your thoughts are the leader of your life, the forerunner of your life. And so, you know, you can never rise above uh, the images, the beliefs, and the pictures you allow your thoughts to make. If you believe into the thought patterns that you're, a, that you're a failure, you're liable to live a life of failure. But if you can believe that God can take even a failure and bring you to the top, then it's a good possibility that you can get out of the mully grubs and you could get to the top. Amen. Amen. Listen, negative mindsets equal negative behavior and negative outcomes. But the opposite is true. Positive mindsets, positive behavior, positive outcomes will produce in us some great results. When God wants to minister to us, isn't it true that oftentimes where he touches us is in our mind and in our thinking? Why is that? Because as you think in your heart, so are you going to become. As you think about your life, so are you going to become. Remember this, you know, the profound truth of this was the 12 spies. When, when Israel got released from the bondage of Egypt, Moses, Moses led them through the wilderness. And here they are at the promised land. The land that was promised that was going to flow with milk and honey. There were 12 spies that Moses said, man, there's already somebody occupied. See if we can take that land. 12 spies went in. They all saw the same thing. Man, incredible. Milk and honey. Grapes. Pomegranates. Vineyards. All this stuff. They came back to the camp. 12 spies and 10 of them said, man, this is an incredible land, but there's no way we can go in there because there's some giants in there. There's just not like a, the Ammonites. There's giants in that their land. We can't go there. And the Bible says that there were other two that had a different report. And they said, come on, let's go in. In Numbers chapter 13, 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. Now notice what verse 33, it reveals the root of the 10 spies. Now listen, let me remind you, the 10 spies died in the wilderness and the two spies went in to the promised land. Now I want to be in the group of two, not in the group of 10, amen? 
And so why was it the two went in? Verse 33, there also we saw, these are the ten spies. There also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, and who are part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in our own sight. Now notice the phrase, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now, compared to the giants in the land, this is how the ten spies felt. They felt like grasshoppers. They felt like grasshoppers compared to the giants. The mental image they had of themselves was a weak, defeated, grasshopper mentality ready to be squashed by the enemy. And because of that, they never went in. They got defeated. But on the other hand, the ten spies... They, they didn't allow their, their thought life to go negative. They allowed their thought life to believe and to trust God's word. And they went into the promised land. Amen. And I'm wondering how many people are about to enter their promised land if they can just rein in their thought life and get their thought life back on track. You know, you might be looking at your life and your circumstances and say, man, there's all these mountains, these giants in the front of me. But God's saying, listen, I say go in and take the promised land. I say go in into your inheritance. Amen. Number two, to recalibrate our thought life. The second reason we need to do that is to keep us from getting defeated by Satan's attacks. You know, not only does God use our mind whenever he wants to release faith over us, but the enemy uses our mind, too. When Satan wants to hurt you or defeat you, he will usually target your mind. How many of you know the mind is Satan's battlefield? And we can see that in in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said, wherever he, Satan, whenever he, Satan, speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He's a father. There's no truth in him. Any word that comes out of his mouth will be a lie. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? So Satan will usually attack you by planting lies into your mind. And if he can plant his lies into your mind, he's going to defeat you. Amen? And that's, I realize that, you know, when I was telling you about those, you know, sitting on my porch, you know, you know, praying about these circumstances, the enemy was lying to me. He was saying to me, those things will never change. And by the way, not only are they not going to change, this will be the demise of your life. This is going to unravel your ministry. It's going to take you down and your, your ministry is coming to an end right now. And I said, really? Really? No. And then I realized, wait a minute. Is that God's word? Is that God's thoughts towards me? I got a plan and I got a future. No, it was a lie straight from the pit of hell. But that's how the enemy works, ladies and gentlemen. He plants lies into our hearts and says, you can't move past that. You got to stay right where you are. You're going to live your life as a failure. He's a liar. And he's the father of lies. Amen. Satan's plan was to try to discourage me. He was, he was trying to wear me down, trying to give, get me to give up. Amen. But thank God for his grace. Amen. Thank God for a recalibrated thought life. Amen. And that's when he spoke to me and reminded me of the scripture. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Remember how Satan took them out? Remember it, whenever they were in the garden, Genesis 3, 1 says, The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, 
Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Now, I know that when somebody speaks to you, it comes through your ear gate. But once you hear that, it is processed through your control center. It goes through your brain, amen? And your brain decides what to do with that, amen? Are y'all with me? So the serpent said to the woman, the serpent said to the woman, he was planting lying seeds of thought inside of Eve's mind. And so did God tell Adam and Eve they couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? But that's what the serpent said. He said to the woman, Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. That's not what God said. He said, don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. The one tree. That was a lie that he planted in her thoughts. And then look at verse um, in verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may not eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. So at first she resists his lie. And he says, No, 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 wait a minute. God said don't eat from the middle tree. But then she kind of messes it up. And he said don't touch it. He didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat from it. But she was withstanding the lie of the enemy for a time because she knew what God said. And then in verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Again, the serpent plants lying seeds in the thoughts and the mind of Eve. You won't die, he says. You can break God's laws and don't worry about it. Everything is going to be all right. Was the serpent telling Eve the truth, ladies and gentlemen? No, he was sowing lying seeds into Eve. But you know what? She bought into the lie. She bought into the lie and she lost out on what God had for her. The serpent was successful in knocking Adam and Eve down, keeping them out of God's promised land. Because they, they bought into the lie of the enemy. So listen, we need to recalibrate our thought life so we don't buy into the lies of the enemy. Are y'all with me? And notice the, re, the way the first attempt that Satan brought her way, she was able to resist it because she knew God's word. Second time, she fell prey. Now, here it goes. The third reason we need to recalibrate our thought life is to keep us from getting enslaved into bondages. You know, listen, when we fall captive to Satan's lies, the Bible calls this strongholds. The enemy gains strongholds in our life. A stronghold is an area of your life in which you held into bondage by Satan. A stronghold is a wrong thought pattern. It's a wrong thinking pattern, a wrong mindset that is contrary to the truth of God's Word. And Whenever the enemy can bring the stronghold in our life, he captivates us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Do you think today that there's some people that are not walking in what God has for them because they have simply got brought into bondage through the lies of the evil one and they have strongholds in their life? 
Absolutely, I believe so. I believe so. Remember this lady in Luke chapter 13. The Bible says she was held bound for 18 years. It wasn't a little while, it was a long while. She was in bondage a long while. Let me just read it to you. It's really not that long. In Luke 13 and verse 10, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. And she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Verse 13. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now look at verse 14. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Now, what kind of attitude is that? Come on. Like they say in French, huh? What's the matter with that? Amen. In verse 15, the Lord answered him, you hypocrite. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Verse 16, should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham whom Satan had kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from whatever bound her. Amen. Satan kept this lady bound up for, with the spirit of infirmity for 18 long years. And Jesus set her free. Amen. Now, I don't know why she was bound up, but I believe sometimes we get bound up because of the lies that the enemy convinces us that is the truth. Some of us are bound up with fear because of the lies we believe. Some of us are bound up with addictions because of the lies we believe. Some of us are bound up with rejection of poverty. We bound up with sickness. We bound up with disease sometimes just because we believe the lies of the enemy. I submit to you today that we need to recalibrate our mind so we don't fall prey to the lies of the enemy one day longer and don't be held bond in captivity and in bondage to the enemy's devices. Amen. Come on. Yes, amen. Listen, I want to tell you some good news this morning. Whatever, whatever you bound up with this morning, you can be set free from. Amen. You can be set free. Every bondage, every stronghold can be broken off your life through the power of God's spirit and the power of a recalibrated mind. Amen. And that's what Jesus said in John 8, 36. He said, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. How many of you know when the power of God hits your life? The lie of the enemy's busted up. It's broken, man. It has no more platform to hold itself any longer. Come on, are y'all with me in here this morning? Come on, say amen with me. Give the Lord a good praise offering for the truth that sets us free. Amen. So he says, listen, in John 8, 36, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. That's God's Spirit. And then the next verse, or, or another verse in the same chapter in verse 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth of God's word has the power of breaking the lies of the enemy. Amen? And so listen, that's the power of a recalibrated thought life. See, listen, some people feel like they have no value, that, that there's no value, that nobody loves them, because the enemy has sowed the seed that you're unvaluable. But it's not the truth. It's a lie. And then if he can get you to buy into that long enough, then the next thing he'll get you to believe is that God don't even love you. 
And if he can get you to believe that God don't even love you, the next thing he's going to do is try to convince you to not love yourself and reject yourself. And then there's no other place to go. Why even stay on this earth? If people don't love me, if God don't love me, if I don't love me, I might as well just quit. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, we can't allow the enemy to take us out. Amen. We can't allow the enemy to defeat us. Come on. Listen, gang, the enemy don't show up at your house with a, with a, a red one piece on. With a pitchfork in his hand. Come on, are y'all with me? That's not the way he shows up at your house. You know how he shows up? Look at what they did to you. You think you ought to put up with that? That's the enemy whispering lies into your ear. That's how he shows up. He might even show up with a religious twist. Ain't nobody as godly as you around here. You're the most godly person in this church. Everybody else is wishy-washy, half-backslidden. If he can't knock you down, he'll puff you up. Come on, he'll make you think you're the biggest thing since Moses was on the scene. Amen? Come on, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen? Come on, the least in here, is the, the greatest in here, excuse me, is the servant of all. Amen? Amen. So how do you recalibrate your life? Your whole life can be dramatically changed if you recalibrate your thought life. Now, I'm sitting here preaching this. I'm like, man, God, would you start right now while I'm teaching this and just change, change some thought patterns here, change some mindsets? Because I have a feeling, Lord, that there's a banquet table set with blessings that I haven't really gotten into yet. That if I can just change my mindset, can I encourage you today that we haven't exhausted what God has for us? And the whole thing that might keep me keeping us from the next thing God wants is our wrong stinking thinking. Amen. And God's ready to bring us into a new level. Amen. So how do you recalibrate your thought life? We need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. We need to start thinking about what we're thinking about. Now, what I mean by that is stop allowing your mind to dwell on thoughts that are ungodly. And don't line up with the truth of the Word of God. Amen? If the enemy speaks in your ear and says, nobody loves you, wrong. Don't entertain that. Amen? Listen to what 2 Corinthians 10, 4. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. They're con- on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. How do you demolish strongholds? Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We need to learn to take captive our thoughts. Listen, if you allow your thoughts to go where they want, it's, it, your thoughts are going to bring you into depression. Your thoughts will bring you into discouragement. Your thoughts will bring you into the place where you feel like nobody on the globe, including God, loves you. You need to grab those thoughts. Take them captive. Amen. Paul says to take captive your thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. In other words, make them line up with God's word. Martin Luther said, hey, listen, you cannot stop birds from flying over your head. They're going to fly over your head. And that means you can't stop thoughts from hitting your brain. God will give you thoughts and Satan will give you thoughts in your brain. 
But Martin Luther said you could stop those birds from building a nest in your hair. Amen? In other words, listen, you can't stop the enemy's thoughts, lying thoughts to hit your brain. But I tell you what you can do. You can keep the Satan from building a whole stronghold up in your head. Amen? Amen. You can bring them down and say, no way. I'm not believing that lie. The enemy said that mountain will never be moved. Would you, would you consider that, Todd? That mountain is going to be there for all your life. Would you consider that? I think, I'm, wait a minute. Does that line up with the word of God? With God, all things are possible. Nope. Can't follow that thought anymore. Amen. This is what you want to allow your mind to dwell on. Here, here's the list right here. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. Amen? Amen. So listen, next time the enemy suggests that the person you work with is the most handsome guy on the planet, don't entertain that thought. Next time the enemy whispers that that girl you work with is the most beautiful thing on the globe and she's somebody else's wife, don't entertain that thought. Amen. The next time the enemy suggests to you that you need a drink, you need a smoke, you need a pill, you need something with your stress, don't entertain that thought. Amen. Come on. Just let it pass by. Come on. Swap that bird away from your head and say, oh, no, the peace of God shall rule in my heart. Amen. Come on. Give God praise this morning for freedom and liberty. Amen. Praise the Lord. So listen, to recalibrate your life, you know, number one, you need to, what, what did I, where am I? <laughs> where, what, what did I say? Where am I? Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Start thinking about what you think about. Amen. Come on. You have power over your thoughts. Hey, that was big revelation for me. You know, you start thinking about, you know, what, what you lost. You know, like people say, man, last year was a terrible year. We're in 13. Last year was a terrible year. This happened, that happened. Oh, man, that was a terrible year. Hey, yeah, but we're not in 2012 anymore. We're in 2013. So how about think some positive thoughts? This is going to be a good year. This is going to be a great year. It's going to be easy for this year to be better than last year. Praise the Lord for a great year. Amen. Now, here's the second thing. To recalibrate your mind, subject your mind to the word of God. Subject your mind to the word of God. You can change your life by renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's metamorphosis. That's the caterpillar turning into the butterfly by renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what the will of God is and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You know what? The word of God will give you a mind bath. It'll wash your mind. It'll cleanse it of the lies. It'll cleanse it of the pollution, the filth. The pictures. When you see something, it hits your mind. Those images on your computer, on your phone, out in the workplace. It affects your thinking. The Word of God will wash that out of your mind. It'll rinse it out. Now, I know if you're breathing and you hear my voice, you need your mind to get, you need to give it a bath. Because I'm telling you, you got enough filth over there to dirty up your mind, my mind, and everybody else's mind. Amen? Are y'all with me? 
So we need to cleanse our mind with the washing of the water of the Word. Amen? And it recalibrates your mind. And it, it reveals the perfect will of God. Because, you know, things, life, will get you off base. God says, go this way. And you get all convinced in your life that this is the thing to do. Problem is, is it's contrary to the Word of God. But whenever you wash your mind, you get those lies and those falsehoods and that deception out of your brain. And all of a sudden, your brain swips back, whatever. I don't know if that's a word. It comes back to sinner. Amen. Comes back to sinner. Right? You can get set free from bondages and strongholds by exposing your mind to the word of God. Jesus said you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. What's the power of truth? Exposing the lie. Exposes the lie. The truth of God's word exposes and disarms the lies of the enemy. Amen. Listen, again, whenever I'm on my porch, rocking in my rocking chair, praying, God, move these mountains. It's never going to move and all that. And God begins speaking to me. And he begins ministering to me. And, and the enemy's trying to tell me this will never move. It's... It's the word of God that exposed the lie. He brought me back to the truth of God's word. With God, all things are possible. Amen. The truth of God's word exposes and disarms the the lies of the enemy. And then finally, the word of God can give you the guidance you need to prosper and succeed. John 1.8 says, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. He said, meditate on the word day and night. You know what meditate is? It means to ponder. It means to think about. It means to let settle in your heart. It's that picture of the cow that that chews and then regurgitates seven times or whatever it is and keeps eating that same old cud. And he's saying, listen, you know, read that word and reread that word, and think about that word, and rethink about that word, and let that word get down in your spirit. Let it get down in your heart. Let it get rooted in there, and it's going to be like a fortress in your life. And I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to make you be prosperous, and you are going to succeed. Amen? We need to get the word down in our heart. You know, what does Psalm 1 say? It says, listen, how blessed is the man who does walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He, day and night. He doesn't let the word depart from him. And this is what it says. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Amen. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great psalm? And so finally, to recalibrate your thought life, you need to, Get in the environment of the Spirit. Get in the environment of the Spirit. You know, Revelation 1.9 says this. I, John, he's the writer of Revelation. He said, I'm your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Jesus. Was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. Now, I like that phrase. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Now, whenever I read that, I think you could be in the Spirit or you can be out of the Spirit. Now, listen, there are times 
Olivia and I were riding. I came to pick her up here uh, this week. And it was in a situation where a guy thought he was the, the newest, uh, you know, sheriff in town and telling me how to, how to drive and telling me how to do things. And I got out of the spirit and I got in the flesh for a moment. And Olivia looked over at me and said, hmm, that don't look like a, a spirit filled look right there. Amen. Come on. How many of y'all out there know what I'm talking about? Amen. But when you get in the spirit, the Spirit of God will speak to your mind. And you will get the mind of Christ. Amen? And it will break the powers of bondages and strongholds and lies of the enemy off of your life. And John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he said, there was a voice behind me. When he got in the Spirit, he heard the voice of the Lord, just like the enemy whispered to Eve. And whenever you hear words, it goes through your control center. When you hear God's voice, it goes through your control center. But when you hear God's voice, your whole computer responds to that. And it stands out of tension and says, what was that, God? And the whole rest of your body responds to the voice of God. So we need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear the voice of the Lord. How do you do that? You need to get in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What did Jesus say, John 16, 13? But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. Amen? The thing about God is, listen, whenever you get off kilter, whenever you get in left field, the Spirit of God, the Word of God will convict you and say, wrong way. But He don't just tell you wrong way. The voice of His Spirit will tell you right way. Say, come on, get off of that dead-end street that's just going straight to hell right there. And get on this street, it's going straight to glory. Amen? The Spirit of God, you, you don't have time to be looking at your Bible. But the Spirit of God said, oh, don't believe that lie that that mountain is going to take you down. Let me remind you, let me speak to you the Word of God. With God, all things are possible. Let me remind you of Mark chapter 11, 23 and 24. Let me tell you what the Bible says. You're going to say to that mountain, be thou removed, and it's going to be removed. Yes, Lord, I hear your voice, God. I'm not going to live under the discouragement of the mountain before me. I'm going to receive the implanted Word of God by the Spirit. Spirit of God, let it raise me up, let it give me strength and power, and I'm going on to the next thing God has for me. Amen. Come on. Y'all believe this this morning. Stand with me. Let's close in prayer. Amen. Recalibrating your thought life. Recalibrating your thought life. Come on. It makes me want to just put my, my hands on my brain. Oh, God. Oh, God. The control center, Lord. The control center. Oh, God. Wash my mind. Lord, give me strength. Come on, I, I believe some of you may have a wandering mind where you can't control your thoughts. They go here and you can't even stay focused in prayer. You can't even stay focused on anything. You can't listen to a conversation without your mind going here and there. And God is saying, no more wandering. Come on, I want to give you power over your thought life and I want to give you focus this morning. Some of you, come on, the enemy has been lying to you and making you feel that it's true, trying to make you believe that, that your life will never go past where it is right now, make you feel like you're a failure, and God is saying no more. Yes, it's time to be set free from those bondages. It's time to set free from those strongholds. Lord God, I pray for a release of your anointing in this house. 
Lord, I pray that you would release your presence here today. Lord, I pray that you would break the powers of darkness right now, God. Lord, I believe that, God, you set some of your children free this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Come on. The enemy will speak to you in the first person and make you think you thought that thought. That it's your thought. It's not your thought. It's the enemy's thought. Come on, cast it aside. Cast it down right now and say, no, I'm not entertaining that thought. I'm not living. Come on, how many of you this morning say, Todd, I I need a recalibrated mind. I know I've been lying. I've been lied to. I believe lies. Come on. If that's you, just raise your hand. Come on. The Spirit of God is here wanting to set free, wanting to liberate. Come on. How many of you believe, been, feel like you've been believing some lies this morning? Come on. If you got your hands raised, come to the altar this morning. I want to, come on. Come to the altar. We're praying. Oh, come on. This is a fast which I choose to undo the bands of the yoke. And the Lord said, I'm going to undo some bands. Come on. It's time. It's time. Don't believe that lie. One day long one day more come on don't believe that you're less than valuable don't believe it for one minute today come on extend your hands towards those come on let's have some altar workers we're going to pray for them we're going to pray God set them free this morning thank you Lord God come on extend your hand let's pray let's ask God pray this prayer with me say Lord Jesus I declare your anointing is sufficient to break yokes to pull down lies and to set people free. Lord Jesus, I thank you for setting these souls free. Today, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you for your truth that's setting people free. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Amen.